Obi-Wan Kenobi. I trust you're going to enjoy your stay. Please. And now to business. You will be delighted to hear that we are on schedule. 200,000 units are ready with a million more well on the way. That's good news. Please tell your master, Cypher Diaz, that his order will be met on time. I'm sorry, Master... Jedi Master Cypher Diaz is still a leading member of the Jedi Council, is he not? Master Cypher Diaz was killed almost ten years ago. Oh, I'm so sorry to hear that. But I'm sure he would have been proud of the army we've built for him. The army? Yes, a clone army. And I must say, one of the finest we've ever created. Tell me, Prime Minister, when my master first contacted you about the army, did, did he say who it was for? Of course he did. This army is for the Republic. But you must be anxious to inspect the units for yourself. That's why I'm here. Hailing from the industrial world and manufacturing base of Menashe, Sifo Diaz was a human male born to a fisherman in relative obscurity. From a very young age, he displayed an innate gift of precognition, making him a high-value recruit for training with the Jedi Order. A Jedi Master by the name of Chirf Meota found Sifo and admitted him into the Order on Coruscant, where he would learn the ways of the Force and become a Jedi Knight. Initiates were placed into cohorts called clans. The Hawkbat clan, which Diaz was a part of, also happened to be the same as a character who now resides in infamy within Star Wars history, Count Dooku. Dooku and Sifo were nearly the same age and grew up together. They were friends and confidants for many years, developing a very strong bond. They trained, graduated, and even had near-death experiences together. One day, Dooku and Diaz schemed to break into the Jedi archives on Coruscant 
to search for a number of forbidden artifacts called the Bogong Collection. Surprisingly, they were able to break through the archive's defenses and locate the artifacts, many of which emanated with dark side energy. This perhaps was Dooku's first exposure and temptation to the dark side, as he was drawn to a metal object which was part of the collection. This was all interrupted by a Tirataka beast who was guarding the archives and had discovered the disturbance. When they had been found, Dooku unleashed a force wave in defense, destroying many of the artifacts. They were later summarily punished for their disobedience by Yoda. The Apprentice Dias would eventually graduate from the initiate phase of his training, and his first order of business would be to enter the Padawan Tournament. The tournament was meant for new Padawans to compete against their peers in order to display their talents for prospective masters who would take them on as apprentices. During the competition, Saifa would ultimately face off against his closest friend. Dooku was far superior in his martial arts ability and was easily able to overcome Diaz. However, Dooku took pity on him and allowed Saifo to battle him to a stalemate. Dooku's act of generosity did not pay off, unfortunately, as a Jedi whom the, he wished to train under, Master Kostana, chose Diaz instead of Dooku. Kostana took Saifo under her wing and would teach him the deeper truths of the Force, enhanced his techniques, and would introduce him to the cosmic force. This opened the floodgates of his abilities, making his precognition second to none. He would experience very real and vivid visions, many of which were disturbing. One such vision was of a solar storm on the Republic planet of Protobranch, an agricultural world with floating cities. Dia's vision saw the storm take out many of the levitating cities and hurl them to the planet's surface, killing millions. This event came to pass in 85 BBY. Costana realized the depth of his talent, but obscured his ability from the Jedi Order for fear they would see it as too dangerous. As the years went on, Sifo and Costana took on the project of locating Sith artifacts, particularly that of the Bogan collection. During one such mission, Dooku joined the pair in their search. During this particular excursion, they arrived on the planet of Asusto and this is where things went haywire. The three comrades were captured and tortured by a cult called the Prasagers of Hokitai, who were obsessed with prophecies and visions, believing that sacrificing their victims would give them premonitions of the future. During the torment, Dooku was enraged and allowed the dark side to overtake him. He lashed out with his force lightning, killing their captors and freeing both Sifo and Costana. In light of these events, the Jedi Master urged the young pupils not to tell anyone from the Order about what transpired on this mission, while she and Sifo helped Dooku find balance in the Force once again.
the night. A few years had passed since the incident on Asusto, and Sifo Diaz had achieved the rank of Jedi Knight. Though he was now permitted to carry out solo missions for the Jedi Council, he opted to stay paired with his former master, now equal. Dooku scoffed at the idea of them remaining together, claiming that Costana was no longer responsible for his well-being. But Sifo's visions were becoming more frequent and intense. And since very few people knew about the burden he carried, he felt as though Castana was the only person he could rely on. During a trip back to Coruscant, the Dyad were approached by a disgraced Jedi Master, Eula Braylon, who had been tasked with transporting Dooku back to his home planet of Sereno which had been under a full-scale invasion by the Abyssian pirates. Dooku was a count and had held an important political and symbolic position on the planet, being the son of the Sereno's leader. Braylon wanted Sifo and Castana to escort the count safely home, but this was not in the cards. On their journey, the ship they were traveling on was discovered and shot down. During the ensuing fight, Sifo was separated from his companions and thrown into yet another vision. What he saw was a large crowd of people chanting Dooku's name, celebrating him as a hero. This disturbed Diaz, as he knew that his friend was vulnerable to the wiles of the dark side especially when the temptation came in the form of fame and adoration. Later it was discovered that Dooku's brother and leader of Sereno, Count Rammel, had in fact been behind the Abyssin attack in an attempt to manipulate the Republic into sending more military and financial aid to the planet. Dooku broached Rammel, but the confrontation turned violent. Dooku slayed his brother in battle and inherited his position as Count of Sereno. A celebration on the planet took place with throngs of people chanting Dooku's name, just as Diaz had seen in his vision. After these events, Sifo became increasingly concerned over Dooku slipping back into the dark side of the Force. Master. Diaz continued his ascent into the Jedi ranks, becoming a master and even being admitted to the Jedi Council for a brief period of time. By this time, his precognitive ability had been honed and he was able to predict the future with a high degree of accuracy. One day, he had a vision of the Republic being thrown into a full-scale war and though he did not believe he could stop it, he did think that he could help the Republic prepare for it. Sifo brought the visions he had before the Council and urged them to work with the Republic to raise an army for the coming threat. The Council rejected his proposal and thought him to be too extreme 
if not conspiratorial, in his prognostications. This did not stop him from continuing to push for militarization, but it was all for naught, as his zealotry alienated him from the council and he was eventually removed from his position. Diaz remained steadfast in his conviction, however, and would plan his next steps accordingly. Behind the council's back, he approached the Kaminoans, who were well-versed in clone technologies, and brokered a deal with them to raise a clone army, a project which would last for more than a decade. In order to convince the Kaminoans to fulfill his request, he had to convince them that he was representing the interests of the Jedi Council. He was able to bankroll the effort from a clandestine investor whom he had met years prior, Hugo, Hugo Damask of Damask Holdings, who was in fact the Sith Lord Darth Plagueis. Sypho was unaware of Damask's true identity or motives, and was completely fooled by the Dark Lord. Plagueis was a master of deception, and was able to conceal his dark powers to even the most adept of Jedi's. His apprentice Sidious learned this skill as well, and even hoodwinked the entire Jedi Council. Diaz would set in motion a series of events that gave rise to the Clone Wars and the ascendancy of the Galactic Empire, and for all his prophetic skills, he was unable to foresee this fate. Death and Legacy Soon after Sypho had commissioned the Kaminoans to begin work on the clone army, he was recruited by then-Supreme Chancellor Finnis Valorum. The Chancellor needed someone of Diaz's particular skill set to help the Republic broker a deal with a spice-smuggling criminal organization called the Pike Syndicate. Knowing that negotiating with criminals would not be approved of by the Jedi Council, Valorum asked Sypho to carry out his mission in secret for the Republic. By this time, the beleaguered Jedi had already lost whatever small amounts of loyalty to the Council he had left and agreed to help the Chancellor and fly to the planet Obadiah to carry out negotiations. When he arrived, however, the talks had been postponed and Dios was count contacted by the council who were requesting his presence for civil war peace talks on Felucia. Not wanting to raise his suspicions about his current activity, he agreed. Unbeknownst to Sypho, just after he left for his mission to the Republic, Count Dooku had resigned from the Order and turned to the dark side, adopting the moniker Darth Tyrannus and becoming the pupil of Darth Sidious. Dooku had caught wind of his former friend's secret plot to raise a clone army, and wanting to prove his loyalty to Sidious, made a backdoor deal with the Pike Syndicate to kill Sypho as he left the planet. When Diaz arrived on Felucia, he had been followed by the Pikes and was shot down. His ship crashed on the planet's surface. Dooku inspected the wreckage himself to ensure that Diaz had in fact been killed. According to the official record, he 
he recovered his body and turned it over to the local natives to be disposed of. But in fact, Dooku had preserved his body in cryogenic freezing for later use. With Sifo out of the way, the Count was able to contact the Kaminoans, and like Diaz before him, claimed to be representing the Jedi Council, and would assume overseeing the continuation of the growing of the clone army, except now for his own designs to sabotage the Republic rather than save it. With his contacts at the Republic and Jedi Council, Dooku was able to erase all records of the planet Kamino from the Jedi archives, and also make made circumstances surrounding Sifo Dias's death top-secret Republic information, obscuring anyone from looking further. Years after the Jedi Master had died, Darth Tyrannus partnered with the intergalactic banking clan to turn the Kalish warlord, formerly known as Kaimane Jai Shalil, into the cybernetic military genius, General Grievous. To add insult to injury, the final component that was used to complete Grievous was the blood of Sifo Dias and arming the general with one of Sifo's lightsabers. One of the few Jedis who survived Order 66 was the Iktachi male Farron Bar. He dedicated his life to avenge the Jedi and uncover all those responsible for handling handing the Republic to the Sith. Through his investigation, he was able to piece together a series of events that took place in the years leading up to the rise of Palpatine and his clone army. He was disturbed to find that it was an obscure former member of the Jedi Council with a gift for precognition, who attempted to execute a grandiose plan to save the Republic but in the end was only responsible for its demise. Thanks for flying with us. Jordan here. Just wanted to let everyone know what's happening here at the Star Lords podcast. Star Lords is now on Discord. If you would like to join the Star Lords Cantina Discord server, you can find a link in the description or on any of our social media accounts. Reach out with a DM or email. We'd love to hear from you. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter by searching the Star Lords Podcast. Go ahead and give our page a like and send us a message. You can also email at starlorespodcast at gmail.com. Send us your fan art, Star Wars collections, or fan fictions, and you may even get a feature on one of our pages or even the show. Don't be afraid to offer corrections or add to any of the topics that we discuss on the show. We are also on Patreon, so if you want to help us pay the bills, as well as get a few awesome perks like bonus episodes, access to the private Facebook group, or the VIP section of the Discord server, Head on over to patreon.com forward slash starlores and sign up for as little as one US dollar a month. And finally, make sure to subscribe to us on your favorite podcatcher app 
or YouTube, as well as sending us a five-star review on iTunes. This really helps us reach a wider audience. Enjoy the rest of the show. Welcome back to the Star Lords podcast. We are aboard the Millennial Falcon. This is Jordan. And this is Christian. We're just on our way to uh, drop off some overdue library books at the Jedi Archives. Indeed. <laughs> See if anyone's there to take our late fees. <laughs> so today we're discussing um, the conspicuous Sifo Diaz. What do you know about Sifo, Christian? Just what we just talked about. <laughs> what <laughs> do you know learned. prior to about? Not a lot. Um, I guess our, the general fan base would have just been introduced to the like one throwaway line in Clone Wars that it was the clone army was commissioned by Jedi Master Sifo Diaz. Yeah. And you mean an attack of the clones? Attack of the clones, yeah, yeah, yeah. sorry. And that's because he also I guess appears in Clone yeah, Wars. Yeah, well. there there are some more mentions yeah. later on, but like the if you had only watched the movies, that would be your only reference point for him and we know yeah. nothing else about him. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um there's also like a lot of uh written material as well that explores more of Sifo Diaz. With every Star Wars yeah. character. But yeah, no, it's just interesting. Like, I think that's where a lot of like uh, the information that I drew from was from. It was lifted from a lot of the written material. Um, like you said, there's not a ton in the, even in Clone Wars, I don't think he's. Yeah, like it's again, more that. referential. Yeah. And he does make, one thing that we didn't mention in the episode, he does, and arguably it's not even him, but yeah. there's an emaciated version uh, of him in like a Sith vision when Yoda's going through some like trials, but it's not even really. It's sort of him. like a necromancy thing, though. It's like he's back from the dead, but yeah, it's actually just an illusion, an apparition. Really, yeah. yeah, so arguably not even Sifo Diaz. Yeah, <laughs> something wearing his face, a depiction of Sifo. Yeah, um, yeah. So some interesting deep cuts uh, with with Sifo Diaz. The original name, from what I understand, was uh, Sido Diaz. Uh, and that was supposed to be a play on words for Sidious. Um, and it was actually going to be uh, Darth Sidious, who was raising the clone army and went by like an alias. Sido Diaz. Sido Diaz. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, uh, Very inconspicuous. Yeah. <laughs> but I guess, I guess like there's some misspelling or something. And then, and Lu- George Lucas liked the name Sifo Diaz when someone said it. Um, so he kind of stuck with it, but like obviously made it, turned it into its own own character. character. Um, uh, but, uh, from what I've read and maybe someone will have to confirm, but it seems like, uh, the, the, um, uh, uh, Sifo was actually supposed to appear in the prequels at some point. And there's, there's going to be more talking about him and more character building, but a lot of it was, it was in the original script, but a lot of that was just cut out for time's sake. And hmm. he was like a less important character. I was going to, yeah, I was just going to mention like for someone who essentially kicked off the Clone Wars, even within right. the context of the movie, <laughs> they just name drop them and then just never bring it up again, which like it could be a whole mystery plot yeah. in and of itself. It was like, well, who commissioned it and why? Yeah. And like, should we look into this? Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting, right? <laughs> Because Diaz is like another one of those sort of throwaway lines in, in one of the films that gets turned into like this whole story arc. But actually, I'm I'm kind of a fan. I'm uh, I'm a fan of his story that they the sort of um, extended expanded universe story 
that they wrote around him. I thought it was like interesting and pretty consistent. I think there's maybe one plot hole where um, the one plot hole I thought maybe was uh, where Dooku ends up like taking over the overseeing of the clone army. Yeah. And uh, that that's not really mentioned when Obi-Wan goes to see the Kaminoans. Like they didn't mention anyone else. They, they yeah. Only you person... would think they'd talk about the more, most recent contact. Yeah. Rather the than, like, the, the only person they it. talk about was Sifo, but I mean, you could maybe explain it away because Sifo initiated it and started it. Yeah. And, and it could be Dooku was operating through like an alias. Like, yeah, I'm just operating out of yeah, the he, office of Sifo. He, he actually was. Okay. He, yeah. He, he, he was pretending to be part of the council and he was using some alias. Or something. Okay. Yeah. Because yeah, so. that, that at least covers your tracks yeah, somewhat. Yeah. <laughs> Our enemies are commissioning an army. This raises no flags. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um. Uh, but it's sort of like a very tragic story too, right? Uh, it, 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 but it's, it's very interesting. There's like conspiracies there. There's, uh, um, I don't know. It's just, I, I found it kind of compel a compelling story. Yeah. I think as a, through the eyes as a tragedy, it actually, it makes a lot of sense of like, yeah, it's, it's, I, I do quite enjoy it. I, I get a lot of vibes like Anakin's story is obviously a tragedy and a lot of it is inspired by um, premonitions, right? And yeah. a lot of cool, tra- I love Mac- the story of Macbeth as well and there's premonitions in there and like right. how these, and same with a lot of Greek tragedies again, right? right? Like premonitions and tragedy <laughs> just go hand in hand and like that's that's Diaz's whole thing is like trying to prevent a greater evil. He does something to try and prevent that evil and is actually doing that thing to prevent the evil is a thing that causes the yeah. evil to happen. <laughs> Um, yeah it, pretty classic it, it's sort of interesting because like i wonder even with those like greek tragedies are were the greeks when they're writing about about these myths like were they were they trying to explain that they're basically being deterministic basically like you can't really change, change the fate. future yeah, yeah. It, it what will happen is what will happen like they had the very like linear view of time and there's there isn't really any way that you can change it even if what you know is going to happen yeah. because even the knowledge of knowing what's going to happen will make you uh put forth a series of events that, that will make that, make that thing, thing happen. happen yeah yeah so it, it sort of like just becomes inevitable right and uh i i sort of um yeah i wonder uh if that's like the problem with like prophecies right like and that's like the conundrum that sifo ds yeah. sort of fell into he saw all these things and he was right about them, but he didn't know that he, he is the cause. Of yeah. It. He was like sort of the spark of yeah. it all. Right. And, and without him, Palpatine never would have had his clone army. Right. And, uh, uh, none of what he did would have been possible. So it's, um, it is kind of crazy to think how important of a role he, he actually played in, in like the plot of, uh, the whole series really. Yeah. Like, up to the rise of the empire yeah. wouldn't have happened without him so yeah, yeah. um yeah so uh, yeah i don't know it's uh it's uh pretty interesting uh one thing and maybe like if other people have read more material or have more recent memory of the clone wars it's very hard to distinguish um what is legends and <clears throat> what is like disney wars you know yeah. uh it it's uh there isn't a clear delineation. And this is a problem with like a lot of clone wars material is that it sort of has its feet in, in both, both worlds. Yeah, yeah. In both worlds. Right. Cause a lot of it is considered to be legends and canon. So. Yeah. 
Yeah, that, that, and that's going to be an ongoing issue the farther we delve into the Clone Wars. We're definitely going to have to make stops here and there and be like, you know, do you accept this or this? Because right. they it, it does kind of exist in between because the, the show itself exists both in Disney and in canon to a certain extent. Like the last two seasons of the Clone Wars was a Disney invention post-purchase, right? So like, do you consider those canon? Do you just cut off the series at season five? Yeah. Do you, you know, do you pick and choose what pieces fit and what kind of doesn't? Yeah. It, 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 it lives in its own little bubble, which is... <laughs> As we as we move forward, it's it's going to be something that comes up more and more. Um, yeah. I fear. So I I have a question. Just um, <clears throat> theorizing, like what what do you think would be um, if Disney went uh, multiverse theory <laughs> with uh, oh with my Star gosh. Wars? Don't give them ideas. <laughs> I mean, if, that does already kind of exist. Yeah, but go on. But yeah. if they did. And they, because they wanted to like do fan service and preserve the legends the material. Legends material, yeah. yeah. Um, would would that cut off be like the Clone Wars? Basically, anything that happened after the Clone Wars is kind of like a split in the yeah, timeline. Yeah, split. They would bring in the event that changes everything. But even that probably isn't true because now you have the High Republic era, yeah, now which you're is going changed. backwards yeah, too now. So. Which is kind of changed because that's not in Legend. High Republic is not Legends, right? It's, yeah. it's all Disney canon. So uh, I don't know. What do you think? <laughs> I don't know what to think anymore. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm beaten down and so jaded now. Yeah. I, <laughs> I just don't even want them to touch Star Wars anymore. Just stop. Fair. Just leave it alone. <laughs> Yeah, I kind of like now, honestly, that the putting like a solid ending to Legends. I kind of like that now because now everything kind of sits. Yeah, together. It's, it's yeah. a story now. Like you can go back to it. Nothing's yeah. going to change now in the past. Right. Um, you know, whatever they do with canon, they're going to do right. But yeah. Legends now lives in a in a box where it's unchanged. Um, yeah. for good and bad, right? Yeah, absolutely. Are there potential for amazing stories that we will never get to know yeah now yes but now we have something we can always look back to it is now preserved and like it is the way it is for all its flaws and for all its achievements so yeah i'm not it's mixed feelings right like yeah i i do like stories at end i i'm not a big fan of running tv seasons off until the audience no longer right. cares yeah. and like the story and the quality just drops to nothing right like yeah just let it die it's let better, it end it's better to have a planned ending yeah go it on top yeah just try to milk not it. that yeah. necessarily that's what happened with star wars yeah but now retroactively we can kind of be like yeah you know it sits now in this glass case and we can go back like That's what we're true, doing now right, and examine right. it right without like oh, okay now next week we have to update everything because it all changed now with this yeah. new book or new movie yeah so it's not to say that that also doesn't have its own advantages as well it's not one way or the other but it's just a way yeah now well yeah and that's kind of what i wonder if they ever did like um, a multiverse yeah a multiverse theory would people start writing in the legends again like, yeah would they start writing stories within and that? do you want them to again yeah. that's the thing right like yeah. from what i've seen coming out of disney yeah not to play my hand too early here but yeah. like i kind of don't want to touch it anymore i, I, just... I don't want them to and it, it'd be tough i guess i guess there is like a lot of time in between like knights of the old republic and uh and the rise of the empire right like 
there's yeah. eras you can definitely explore. Yeah, there's eras. And even now you could, even I kind of do this to some extent. I really like The Mandalorian. Yeah. And like I kind of like mentally retrofitted into <laughs> into Legends and like I can make it work somehow. <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah. So, it, and, and every actually, person I imagine does that, right? It so. could. The way it was written, it could theoretically. I, yeah. I'd have to go back and look at what uh, was happening. What was it? 5 or 6 years after the destruction of the Death Star. Yeah, so I can't that remember exactly, but it's, yeah, it's place. short, yeah. short. Yeah, after. within, yeah. But like, yeah, Luke Skywalker is there. He's trying to recreate the Jedi Order and yeah. yada, yada. Right? Some of the details you might get a little fuzzy. Yeah. And, and Boba Fett definitely doesn't fit. That's true. But yeah, 100%. There are ways you could yeah. patch things <laughs> over. And again, like I said, I think most people to some extent, yeah. their their minds are plastic enough that they can <laughs> fit both to some in this extent. postmodern age yeah exactly <laughs> whatever star wars yeah. truth is your truth you can believe Precisely. hey if you want godzilla to be star wars <laughs> yeah. why not why not um one cool little deep cut in uh sifo's story was like early on um uh he and dooku found this uh these sith artifacts called the bogan collection and yeah. Bogan was the the dark side moon of uh, Tithus. Tython. Tython. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that was kind of a cool little callback to to the uh, yeah deep deep yeah like ancient history. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, which I thought was kind of cool. Um, yeah. Uh, what else did you want to say on that? Uh, just kind of going back to the prophetic and like self fulfilling prophecies. Um, yeah, like with Anakin, you know the whole thing that launches him into his fate right. is his visions of one, his mother. And then once that becomes true, he realizes the visions are real. That pushes him into like, okay, now I'm having visions of my wife, wife dying in, in childbirth. And then the same thing happens where his actions cause the outcome that he had envisioned. Yeah. So like, again, this question, I think we did bring it up in the past before this question of fate in star Wars, yeah. you know, like, are these things destined to happen no matter what? I actually had a, a very interesting conversation with a friend recently about literally that, like if Anakin's okay. visions, you know, could Anakin have changed the future? Did right. Anakin have to become Darth Vader to fulfill his, because even his existence, the, the prophecy of the chosen one is also essentially nailing him into a corner of like, well, right. so was the only way for him to go dark to become light, right? Like, yeah. was that the only way that he could have taken on Palpatine? What would happen if he didn't? It's very right. deterministic. Yeah. 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 Which I don't know if that tracks and it might, it, I, I'm not a, a huge Buddhist philosopher, but I don't know if it tracks with the general worldview of Buddhism, not to maybe nail star Wars into that. Yeah. Necessarily. Obviously we've done the whole episode on religion and, and star Wars, but I'm curious as to like more and more, it seems like star Wars is a fatalistic universe. Yeah. Where things seem predetermined. There's not a lot of cases of people like, changing their fate or like denying the future yeah and there is sort of a they sort of weave into the fabric of the universe like just the force uh is a force <laughs> like yeah. where it pushes events in a certain direction and, and or, waits yeah. waits everything to happen in a certain way right yeah. so uh, almost like you can't stop it yeah all is as a force wills yeah things like that right <laughs> yeah. like yeah so it's it, it it either reinforces that idea because like again I, I'm and then we had the whole storyline too about prophecies with we just covered in the stories of the uh, 
a Jedi Covenant, right? Right. And that's in the older public. So this yeah. this just keeps happening, right? right? So like these visions cause these actions, and mm-hmm. well, is it lazy writing or is it <laughs> is it the fate? Yeah, is a real thing in the universe, and it's just the way things go, and there's no breaking from the cycle, right? Mm-hmm. So, which is also interesting too, because there are also encouraging stories that are kind of outside of Star Wars of like standing up to fate and yeah, it was just an archetypical kind of story that is in the opposite vein. Right. Yeah. Um, beyond that, um, another thing I kind of wanted to mention with the story of Sifo Diaz, the Jedi council gets maybe justifiably a lot of bad rap. Oh, you know, they should have seen this coming. They became, you know, decadent and corrupt, maybe not decadent, but definitely corrupt by, (laughs) by compromise and stuff with the Republic and things like that. You often hear these, things leveraged against Jedi Council around the time of the Clone Wars, which led to their eventual fall. But to be fair, when you have situations where you have like rogue Jedi like Dooku and Sifo <laughs> Diaz doing stuff behind their backs, yeah. <laughs> like, hey, maybe things wouldn't have been bad if they just listened to the council also. Yeah. So literally like making paramilitary. <laughs> yeah, right? Like he literally did the Sith's will. So yeah. Again, sure, you, can, you I'm, I'm all was, for... This was, this was one time where the council's wisdom was actually correct. Yeah. Like, that maybe Sifo was being too extreme, and he couldn't he couldn't see the larger context of his actions. Yeah, and like he was so being, driven by yeah, his vision. Yeah, so convicted in his own visions, right? Like, yeah. he, he couldn't see beyond that. And yeah, like, it seemed like the council was actually right, and yeah. he was wrong. Yeah, exactly. So for all the crap the council gets, maybe it's not just their fault. Yeah. And then there's always the idea of, like, a negative force too, right? Like, yeah, you can be blamed for all your failures and your incompetencies, but when you have someone actively acting against you all the time, like the Sith, yeah. To be fair, right? Like at some point they're going to get through. They're going to catch you in a moment of weakness. They're going to exploit your failures too. So I'm, I'm just trying to give the Jedi Council some some points here. I, I feel I like we're always criticizing yeah, them and everyone's always criticizing them. But No, I agree. I, I think they, they made the right call on this one. Yeah. And I the, mean, maybe they could have handled it differently. Like they could have tried to explore, try and... Ex- get Sifo to explore his visions more to get a wider context yeah. or something. And same with Anakin too, right? They could yeah. have treated Anakin differently so as to avoid maybe the crash course that they yeah. were on. But again, you have negative forces. You have people like Palpatine actively yeah. trying to leverage that against you as well. So yeah. it's not strictly your own incompetence. It's it's a compiling of factors right. that led to an ultimate outcome, right? So, you know, like if you're in a horrific car accident, like maybe you were texting and driving and maybe you drank a little bit or maybe, you know, you just start compounding these factors. Maybe if you hadn't done this one thing, maybe if you hadn't made that one turn earlier or later or, you know, how all these things just kind of compile and it's not, you can't just point to one group and be like, it's all their fault that this happened. Maybe everyone had a part to play. And then in the fatalistic universe, they had to play their part. Yeah. And there's also, I mean, even if the council went along with DS and like raised an army like he requested, there's no saying that uh, Sidious still wouldn't have taken control. Exploited it. Yeah. Yeah. Somehow. uh, Or worse, what if the Jedi Council itself got corrupted and they have all this military (laughs) power and they become the Empire. Right. Yeah. And then force their religion on everyone. Right. uh, There's so many things you could. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And Sorry, one last thing about Diaz. Um, again, speaking to the tragedy component of his life, I think it's also a, a warning about compromise as well. Um, Diaz kept compromising his like 
Jedi values, I guess. Yeah. And his master, you know, what if they'd reported Dooku when they saw him playing right. with the dark side? What if Well, she didn't even she tried to hide his uh his uh prophetic ability as well. Right, exactly. Yeah. So again, you have all these like little compromises that ended up leading to like a really bad thing. Yeah. So again, kind of putting some guilt maybe on some more people yeah. not just the council but like yeah if they if that owned up to their errors or owned up not you know gotten to the point where they're like literally secretly ordering an entire army you know i i think too there's also the component of and i didn't really this is just me uh conjecturing but because i didn't really read anything about it but there was an incident when uh sifo um, saw the event of uh, those floating cities crashing on that planet that we yeah. talked about in the episode. Um, and uh, he wasn't able to stop it like it did end up happening. And like, that's a lot of guilt to live yeah. with, right? And that could be a motivating, you could do all sorts of motivated reasoning out of that. Like you, you're now, now you think whatever major vision that you have you have to act on it yeah you didn't last time and look what happened yeah exactly anakin is the exact same thing his mother he kept having visions and he kept ignoring it and then she died yeah and then he's like okay well now that padme i'm having visions of padme's death yeah i have to do anything to make that not happen because i didn't act fast enough the last time same exact motivating force right so yeah yeah i i like sifo diask because he he is kind of a unique character, you know, like, uh, and he, he doesn't come from any sort of nobility or, um, uh, prestigious background. Yeah. Prestigious background. And he sort of like, didn't have any progenitors after him. Right. Yeah. Like he didn't even really have any, uh, students that he trained. Um, he's sort of just a standalone character, but he was a very, he played a very important role. Uh, and he was actually like he seems to have been like very very gifted. He even was on the Jedi Council. Yeah, right? like that's... he he was obviously had talent and and uh, wisdom and whatnot. So, uh, but you know he un- unfortunately just uh, and got thrown for a loop with his visions, <laughs> you know, and uh, yeah. and couldn't let it go. So, uh, but and... anyways, uh. We- just before we sign off here, I wanted to thank our new Patreons. We have a few of them, a few new patrons. Uh, big shout out to Steve, Voldsteg, and Parachute Cannon, uh, new patrons of ours. Thanks to everyone who supports the show. You help pay the bills, help us keep going so we can help pay our it. library yeah. fines. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Make more content. And on that note, I hear the librarian shushing us here at the Jedi Archive, and uh, we are out. <laughs>